views, opinions, and attitudes. Attitudes. There's actually uh, intriguing talk. You know, they talk about the news. And you have to respect them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome indeed to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined by Jesse. We have an amazing show for you today. We are going to be continuing in our series on the Voice of God project. Why do we show you this stuff? Because there is a deception that is to come, and we want you to be able to discern it. We want you to be aware of it, and we want to point out some things that you may want to look for even in your own towns and municipalities. The show tagline is live right in the real world. We show you the real world. You decide how to live right. And one of the ways you can live right, Jesse, is by stopping paying the cabal and taking your shopping into mylibertystand.com. That's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be a living testimony for that. Um, you know, I found out besides things that I can purchase that I use on a daily basis um, as I'm going through some health things. Uh, they have a great selection of different products that are good for your health. Um, I've started, you know, I've been on a 31-day trial with that, and it has been helping. So very encouraging. And uh, and actually, I've bought the stuff already, but I'm going to be doing my own, uh, and I'll be honest in my testimony, whether it elevates me or not, but I've bought kind of their signature products, and I'm going to uh, be testing it uh, myself, and I will report honestly. Uh, that is my promise. Uh, so we have a great guest today. We've been talking about the voice of God. We've been talking about the technologies. We have a professional researcher here today, and uh, he has the receipts. Listen, he has all the patents, and what I'm going to do is uh, I could show them on here, but it's boring for you to look at patents, uh, but I do have a concise email thread that he has sent to me, and what I will do is at the uh, during the broadcast, I will actually post this uh, note with all of the patents. So uh, I think you'll, uh, well, not all of them, but a good variety, more than enough for you to research and dig and prove what he is saying is correct. So without further ado, let's bring on Ted Hunter. And I like to give nicknames. I'm going to call him Professor, the Professor. <laughs> well, he's not an actual professor. He's a professional <laughs> researcher, but... On Right On Radio, he is the professor. Welcome to Right On Radio, Ted. Good to be here. Thank you. So, Ted, we have so much stuff to go through, uh, but let's just lay a foundation because Jesse and I have been exposing this Voice of God project, and we've been doing it through uh, the Cabal's own writings, the Brotherhood's own writings, the Light Side of the System's writings, but you found some patents and stuff. And what actually, what was it that drove you to start looking at this stuff in the first place? Okay. Story back in 2005, I waking up in the morning about the same time. And I had sort of a pressure sensation in my ear. So the University of North Carolina at Greensboro had just founded a music research institute, 
I spoke with the director and told him about that. He says it's probably infrasound. And he says, why don't you get some software and hook it up? And when you have that sensation, look at the software. So I did that. And basically, it was a train that was coming into our community. Um, I felt the sensation about 10 minutes before I heard the train whistle. So that was the answer to that. Um, he was a professor that when he taught, he would ask you a question and then walk away. So it was up to you to find your own answer. So that's how all this began. Um, at that time, I was a library technical assistant and I was helping professors put together their coursework. And so I decided to look into the sound thing a little bit deeper. I do have a master's in music education. I'm familiar with um, music psychology and also music therapy. So that's kind of how that started. I came across several people at that time who had already done some research on um, mind control. Um, someone had gone through 350 patents leading up to mind control and human um, behavior modification. So I put together a file on the university server, which was organized by topic then the patent number, and then some information from that patent. Key information like the abstract and anything of importance that I found. This project lasted almost two years, and I had to come up with this fancy university title, so I called it Physics of Sound and Vibration, effects on human electrodynamic physiology and then that way <laughs> that way it got approved and i also was asked to give a short lecture at the end of the project so i did that that's an awesome title <laughs> you see, I see I'm why telling you, when I said professor, it was prophetic, <laughs> and I didn't know it was going to come out that way. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you wouldn't mind going back, just explaining just a little bit, um, what's the difference? You know, when you were feeling that pressure, and I forget mm -hmm. the term. Did you say? In, uh, Infrasound. Yes or frequencies um, below, let's say, 20 hertz. It goes okay. below the hearing that we hear. So it just means um, like the below regular hearing level, but you can still feel like there'll still be yeah. a pressure. You can feel when those sounds are being um, operating. Yeah, that's one effect of infrasound. Another effect, is um, when you get to specific frequencies, it can cause um, 
It can mess with your visual cortex. For example, some of the haunted houses have a machine running. Uh, and when you pick up uh, around 25 hertz, you start getting hallucinations or visual um, phenomenon. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, that just makes me think, uh, and you're right, I, I, it's funny, I just saw a video of someone going through a, one of those uh, haunted things at, a, at just a, you know, a rolling fair that goes through town. They got the trailer with the haunted house and the music is extremely loud. They have the flashing lights and you hear the frequencies that are happening inside of those and it adds to the psychopathy of the, uh, of the entire thing. But uh, this is a really, really interesting topic and... You know, of course, there's the theory of the uh, of the brown note as well. Uh, I don't know if it's been proven or disproven, but uh, the brown note is when you play uh, because you can feel it. Uh, you cannot physically hear it, but you can feel the note. And if you if it comes with a certain intensity at a low frequency below the hearing level, uh, essentially a really low bass note, that it could actually uh, make someone go to the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. And there are specific frequencies like um, 13 hertz that can cause ep um, seizures in some people. So, yeah, there's a whole list that I came across from as low as one hertz up to what I would call picohertz. It's like so many gigabytes. And once you get past that um, frequency, um, you won't find this on the internet. It's usually information that universities and institutes keep secret. Once you get past that sound, you start getting um, strange phenomenon that changes time and space. So that's kind of important to know. Yeah. And that's why, you know, like with the Voice of God project, um, you know, in the old days, they had to use basically humans uh, with their voices to try to get some of those same responses. And then, you know, they'd bring in the fallen angels mm -hmm. to get the sounds that they needed. But now they've tried to make it all mechanical through a machine that produces all of those things. So that's the, you know, root purpose behind Alice and that um, hydrokilometer, you know, um, is that it can produce those frequencies as it's programmed to on demand, right. we'll just say, you know. Yeah, yeah. I noticed something this week. I've seen interviews with Tom Althouse and Jesse and Chantel and some of the things that Tom has mentioned um, are things that I found in my research as far as how sound can be used to um, change your nervous system um, mm -hmm. from afar, like several hundred miles, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then some new technology, well, it's not new now. They have what they call post-combustion 
acoustic wave generator. So like back when we had um, the thing in Waco, I even noticed there were military um, machine and trucks that had these things aimed at the compound. It kept the people from going through a good sleep and mess with their nervous system. And that was something they were testing. And it even says that in the patent, it mentions Waco and some other places. Um, another example would be when um, Senior Bush was around back during, I think it was Desert Storm. The story was out that these um, people was in Iraq. The enemy sort of like put their hands up and came forward. Basically, they were being, um, um, sound was being sent to them, probably in the language that they spoke, and they, they probably heard their God saying, give up, you know, and it Inside was strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very intricate. And and by the way, there's evidence of this just even uh, this past summer, because in Australia, when people were protesting, uh, they had tanks with these uh, like radar looking dishes on the top. And this mm -hmm. was crowd control. And the crowd was running from these uh, because it caused in intense pain. Uh, you yeah. couldn't stand to be there. It's like a, an invisible force field that just pour, like if you stand in it, uh, you're you're going to be damaged and you're going to have to run because you can't stand the pain. Yeah, and those things are called long range acoustic devices. They fall under the directed energy weapon um, way. So. And frequencies, and, and you, you brought up Tom Althaus and stuff, and because of my, my profession, uh, I can tell you because, you know, I was in speakers and frequencies and I have acoustic uh, background and sound refraction and things like that. And uh, on the equipment side in particular, uh, so for instance, in a, in a home theater setup, you have your, your center speaker, you have your left front, your right front, your rear back and your uh, rear left and right uh, surround channels and you have a subwoofer and by the way you really should have two subwoofers at a minimum one doesn't do it uh, acoustically in a room it doesn't there'll be dead spots anyways i digress um, actually that's important because low frequency energy and low frequency uh, signals are very hard to push through air they're very mm -hmm. very hard uh, so the weapons are going to be higher frequencies but yes. uh, what's interesting is like uh, when you pay more for better speakers and better equipment and things like that, you get more processing power and they can hit more of a full range of frequencies. So you're, you know, off the shelf kind of average home theater system, the subwoofer will go down to 40 hertz, but 20 hertz is the audible range. And mm -hmm. really good subwoofers will play below 20 hertz. To give you those other sounds. So what's interesting to me about that is not the equipment. It's the fact that they program in sounds into movies that are below yes. 
20 hertz. Yeah. And, and they don't have to do that because when they mix it, they can compress all the signals to whatever frequency range they want. Yes. They actually yeah. purposefully put this information in all your movies. Yeah. Well, it's a, so. it's a grounding. Um, that was how, that was like the base of where I'm trying to think how to even put this into words, but when you're fighting in going through those programs in the military, you have to have a grounding for both your physical body and your spiritual body that comes through those lower tones and as you have that grounding, then you're able to access the higher ones and direct those. But if you don't have that grounding, then mm -hmm. there's no way for you to intentionally direct that higher sound energy because you have no, you know, uh, base of, we'll just say center of power would be a term that they would use. But that's how you create the power flow and the center of power is through using both right yeah you know what i think we need to put out some definitions here to make this easily understandable because we just we're giving out a little bit of technical stuff um vibrations is a is a wave of energy essentially mm -hmm. and so when when you speak you, you put the energy out of your mouth and it goes in a wave uh, mm -hmm. And it's received by the other person is broken down into the information. Now, when right. we say frequency, frequency mm -hmm. depends on how steep the wave is. So you could have like, just look at an ocean, you could have rolling waves or you could mm -hmm. have really high peak waves. And mm -hmm. so when you think of it in that way, there, there's that's how waves and frequency kind of work. And that's what gives you the vibration. And yeah. we're starting, so they're all right. interconnected, the vibration, the waves, the frequency. And so when people talk about, we need to get our vibrations up, um, there's a lot of truth in that. So for, I'll mm -hmm. just give you an example. If you, um, let's say you're in high school and you're in a running contest and you have to run the hundred meter or whatever, whatever the contest is, and you win that, your vibration is so high you know you can win the next one. If you came in last in that race, even though you exerted a whole bunch of energy, you're pumped up, your vibration is probably low mentally because you don't think you can win the next race. And I'm not mm -hmm. speaking to everybody, but uh, that's how all this stuff kind of goes in, in layman's terms. Yeah, or the duration would be a good way. Like you have the wave... And that um, by or the frequency is going to be the duration of mm -hmm. like how fast it's traveling. If it's going slow, you're going to have like longer and shorter wave. If the faster it is, you're going to have the higher and more frequent wave. Right. Yes. Yeah. Can I give a quick definition of a frequency? Um, it's kind of a broad. Um, understanding. One is a frequency is the rate at which something occurs or is repeated over a particular period of time or in a given sample. For example, shops have closed with increasing frequency during the period. Um, and then we have 
the rate at which a vibration occurs um, that constitutes a wave, either in a material, as in sound waves, or in an electromagnetic field, as in radio waves and light. And these are usually measured by the second, how fast or slow they complete a wave in a second. To give you a visual of a wave, picture a straight line, and then at one end of the line, oh good, um, go up, <clears throat> make an arc, and come back down to the line, then go underneath and come back up to the line. That's yeah. a full yeah. cycle. And then the higher the arc is, louder the sound. Um, to give you another um, example, Jesse mentioned that the lower sounds have, uh, they increase in length. And just to give you an example, if you go down to one hertz, which is very low, the, that wave is 186,000 miles long that happens in one second. The 10 hertz is 18,600 miles. So as the frequencies go up, the wavelengths get shorter and shorter until you move into um, the speed of light. They're very short and quick. Yeah, thank you. That was another great, great comment. definition. Was... Yeah, another comment you mentioned, Jesse, is having the lower frequencies to um, make the higher ones um, more effective. And that gets into what we call harmonics. You have a fundamental pitch. And then uh, if you saw in the graph, the next line up would be an octave above the fundamental. And the next line up is a fifth. And you keep going up. Um, what determines a person's individual voice is based on those harmonics and their strength. So everyone has their own unique voice signature. So I think that's what I need to say about Jesse's comment. Mm -hmm. So Ted, now that you we've kind of laid a foundation, uh, just one of the things that I found really interesting is when you when we had agreed that you'd come on the show, uh, you had gone out in your local town uh, to do some measurements, but then you went to D.C. And can you tell me about the differences in those places and what you uh, used and what you measured and what you think the importance of it is? So I use a simple app that you can download on your phone. Um, there are many apps. Mine was called an audio spectrum analyzer. So as I was getting excited about coming on the show, um, I looked at what was going on in my home. And something appeared that I hadn't seen before. Down in the low hertz, like between one and three, 
there was this bar going across the bottom, that told me that, that was a sound that was being produced somehow. It wasn't natural. So I also wanted to look at, I knew this ahead of time, my, I have a television which is over 30 years old and I was familiar with the 15,000 hertz. Um, and we can talk about that patent at another time. So I turn on my television and then there's a, a line that goes across the graph and it's at the 15,000 K. I mute my TV and the line is still there. And when I turn off my TV, the line disappears. One thing I can say about that uh, technology is you should not fall asleep with your TV on <laughs> because you're more you're more susceptible um, if a um, message is being broadcast at that um, frequency. Just because you just because you see it doesn't necessarily mean that something is broadcast. Let me give you an example of what a carrier wave is. You remember as a kid, you might have built these string phones. You take a cup, two cups, you tie it together with a string. And when you pull it tight, that string is a carrier wave. When one person talks um, into the cup, those sounds are modulated or squeezed down to the string, and then they vibrate along the string to the other cup. The other cup acts as a demodulator. It takes that sound and puts it back into a form that the ear and the brain can interpret. So just because you see a carrying wave on a graph doesn't mean that something is broadcast, but when it is, it travels along that carrying wave. So I would suggest a, a couple things. And by the way, everyone my age or you know probably older has done the the tele the string to cup telephone system. Uh, which was fun as a kid. Uh, but now, you, because you had an older TV, um, what I would suggest to you is it's possible, I, I assume that was a vacuum tube type TV uh, from 30 years ago. So it might have just been the frequency of the vacuum tubes going. But I would, but I would suggest that uh, what they're doing now is even more sinister. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's old tech now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You shouldn't fall asleep to the TV. And, you know, sometimes I do. I will admit that. But uh, we, we really shouldn't yeah. fall asleep because you're right. And even if the sound is off, there's still frequency mm -hmm. coming through there. And not to mention what they're doing with light. Uh, it's really, really interesting. Have you ever walked into a room and, you know, the lights are off in the room and there's someone on the couch or something looking at TV and you see the dancing rays of light and this person just mesmerized staring at a TV. I think everyone has seen that. And I'm telling you, it's truly hypnotic. 
Yeah. Well, there was more. I mean, it's even happened with the light bulbs. You know, I can remember like um, my ex, he kept, you know, buying light bulbs and stuff for the house. And I would be sitting there, you know, trying to knit or crochet. And I'm like, I cannot see. And it was mm-hmm. like, I, I was just like, I can't see. And he'd be like, it's a bright light, like it's daylight. And I'm like, I can't see. Well, found out that they had changed the spectrums. Like mm-hmm. all of those LED lights coming out are based off a blue light spectrum, which mm-hmm. for me, like registers as though it's like, you know, dim and getting darker outside. And so like, I literally, it was like, I really couldn't see because my mind is telling me, hey, this is dusk. There's, there isn't any light, you know, and the yellow spectrum is the one that I can feel like I'm seeing in during daylight. And so they've taken away even that, that true yellow spectrum that our eyes are used to using during the daytime away from us and have us putting all of this, you know, light that tells us that it's nighttime into our homes. So, so there's actually definitions for this and and it's very, I'm glad you brought that up, Jesse, because we used to have the old incandescent light bulbs, right? The standard light bulb and, uh, the way, the best way to describe it is it has a warm temperature. It's almost like the warmth of the sun. It's a, mm-hmm. a very warm, bright. And then they went to the fluorescent, you know, every, got to save the planet go with these fluorescent ones that never break down. And, uh, and of course they were garbage. They didn't last as long as the other ones. They gave out terrible light. And now everyone has gone to led because it's an energy saving, but it's all cold pattern light. And you're right. There's something about it that uh, like, it's harder for me to read in it. It's all kinds of things uh, with it. And it does, it is mood altering. Now, uh, if you are a smart consumer, as I am, I've bought LED bulbs. You can actually change the temperature from cold to warm and make them emulate the uh, the other bulbs. In fact, my, I got I got bulbs that are controlled through my Wi-Fi, and so I can change the, the color and everything, uh, you know, automatically. You're gonna have to teach us how to do this, Jeff. <laughs> I, you know what? I will, and I, I I've actually used to work with the company that makes them, and they're really super affordable. Uh, everyone should get these bulbs and uh, you can have all the bulbs in your house work automatically. So the, you know, the lights come on at sunset and that, and yeah, yeah. And and for a couple hundred bucks, you can do your whole house. It's interesting that it's all controlled, like that you can control it even through your computer. Um, Mm -hmm. So that tells you something about the technology that they're creating, that it's not just your basic, you know, um, metal coil anymore that's the source of or kind of the conduit for that energy that now there's that AI component. Well, you don't have to use the AI. You can do it manually just through the app in your phone, but essentially it's a, it's a Wi-Fi receiving device that just changes the signal to an LED, which can portray any color that's sent to it. But I guess my point in that though, is that if, if it has that capability then it also has the capability for others outside your home to access and to play with the light spectrums, you know, maybe for behavior modification or for other things that they may be doing. 
So uh, you know what? I guess it, it's always possible. It. <laughs> it's always possible, but someone could uh, technically get into your bank account as well. Um, I don't think it's it's not it, it 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 wouldn't be that sinister as of this point. But I think uh, where the sinister thing is is when they're replacing all the lights on the streets and stuff like that. Not only are we seeing the purple uh, lights that we've been talking about, but we've been seeing all the lights they're putting in now now have that cold temperature lighting as opposed to the warm. And I'm I'm convinced there's a much bigger plot behind that. That was thought out. Well, of course Let's go, back. Let's go back a little bit because our U.S. Um, electric system uh, pulsates at 60 hertz. Mm -hmm. And that in itself has some bad... Uh, negative side effects. Um, however, if your computer um, display um, has this, you may want to look because you can change it from 60 hertz to 70 hertz, and you might find it's a lot easier on your eyes. Mm. And how how that works with music? I know you've mentioned this, yeah, before. Um, an orchestra tunes their instruments to 440 hertz. That changed after, you know, 1939, hit. I think it was, or yeah, yeah, or Before, no, 1933. Uh, it doesn't matter, but it's it, it was the Nazis, <laughs> right? Exactly, uh, yeah. Um, before that, the standard was 432 hertz. Beethoven used that quite a bit, um, but another reason was uh, those expensive violins, Stradivarius, they were um, made in such a way that they, they vibrated really well at 432, and what people notice when you tune to 440, those Stradivarius instruments, the body started to crack. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, in the so what what you're talking about is violins that are worth like twenty and forty thousand uh, dollars, typically to buy. And of course, there's some real there's ones worth millions that uh, are centuries old. But uh, you know, typically you're twenty to forty thousand dollars for one of those instruments. Well. That is very interesting. Now, why do you propose maybe just for those who, you know, are new to this, explain why you would get that cracking with the violin as the frequency changes? Okay, I'll give you an example that everybody knows. The operatic soprano that can sing a high note that breaks a glass. Okay. The glass has a resonant frequency. Um, so if the operatic singer can find that and then intensify that pitch, that's when the glass breaks. So somehow the 440 tuning caused those violins to resonate beyond their natural frequency and they started getting cracks. 
And what it does to us is it puts in a sense of anxiety, uh, uneasiness, because it's not resonating with our normal vibration. Uh, we mm-hmm. we are electrical creatures, essentially. Our, the energy inside of us, our solar spirit, is, is a version of electricity. By the way, uh, this is going to be controversial, but no one can fully explain electricity. We know how to make it. We know how to manipulate it. No one can really explain what electricity is. And I'm going to throw in another theory. Um, In my research, I discovered that different theories of electricity, um, they were given to the public enough information uh, to make them work, but the real secrets about how they really work were kept for, you know, special groups, universities, um, institutes. So, yeah. 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 It's one of those mysteries, but again, we, you know, people were, you know, listen, it probably came from the hidden knowledge because electricity wasn't, you know, around till a couple hundred years ago uh, in usable form like we do today. And uh, so how, how did this come about? How were we able to create these grids and everything else? And, you know, of course there was a battle between Tesla and Edison and all mm-hmm. this stuff, but uh, you know, let's, let's not digress too much. I probably opened up a bunny trail there that's worth exploring. Uh, but the thing is, is our, our bodies, because, you know, if you, if you look at an atom, you have a, you know, a nucleus, you have electrons and protons, they're flying around. It's a mini little universe inside of every atom. And this is all electrical. It's, it's, so God is using this force, this electrical type force to hold everything together. So when we're running at a certain frequency and then another frequency is introduced, uh, it's, just not good. You know, it's like, it's like me listening to rap music. The frequencies just don't work for me. Right. Uh, right. you know, it, it just doesn't sit easy with me, but, um, uh, we, we play, you know, I, I, when we go to bed at night, we either usually have the word of God on, uh, you know, a biblical study or just oration of the, uh, the word of God, or we play 432 Hertz music. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, let me tell you about those videos that I took of um, my spectrum analyzer. On Christmas Eve, um, I turned it on and I noticed that very low um, broadcast, like between one and two or three hertz. I had never seen that before. Back when I was, when I started this research, those um, low frequencies were not uh, shown in a way that they were steady. Naturally, we have all kinds of, we have, we're, we're involved in a sea of sound. So things kind of go up and down. But if you see something that's steady, that's something that's being broadcast. That's intentional, yes. Yeah, that's intentional. So I went to... Culpeper, Virginia, it's four hours from where I live, to visit family. And when I got there, um, I stayed in a hotel and for a while. I noticed that those 
frequencies in the low range, now there are two bars, like between one and three, and then three and six, okay? So then I happened to go see the matrix, um, and I took my uh, analyzer with me, and I turned it on at one point, and there are these vertical pulses, like you see a line, quiet, and then a line. And I, I wonder, were those signals being sent out by the film? And you know, I didn't know for sure. I went back to the hotel, and they were still there. So that was like a new um, something that was happening on purpose. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm hearing something coming in on purpose right now. What is that? Is yeah. it deep, 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 deep? That that's my alarm clock that I forgot to turn off. <laughs> <laughs> is it very loud, or can we keep going? Uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> how long will it okay. go for? An hour. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd say get rid of it because people listening just on audio, uh, it will drive them nuts, especially in, in relevance to the, the show we're doing okay. today. Oh, so, Ted's programming okay. us. Professor program. <laughs> <laughs> so take me off the screen for a sec and I'll go turn it off. You got it. All right. So it'll only be a second. But this is fascinating. And, and where I want to go with this is... Uh, is what he, what happened next as he goes to DC. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk more specifically about the Voice of God project and what we think, or at least what Ted's theory is, uh, that is entirely plausible here. Uh, that's yeah, happening very currently. plausible. And, and uh, here's a little hint of what's to come. White hat versus black hat. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yes. So we'll see what's going to happen there. But uh, yeah, this, this is so fascinating between it's, it's really audio and video. They're trying to, they're going through all of your senses. They're going through your retinas because uh, obviously yeah. the, uh, the eyes are the window to the soul. Uh, so they say, but uh, uh, music is probably the most powerful thing that we have and audio, because mm -hmm. sometimes you like, you don't even know you're hearing something and you're hearing something. All right, Ted is back and he's on screen again. Yeah, yeah. So getting getting back to what I was talking about, since Washington, D.C. was only an hour away, I decided to take a trip in and I parked my car behind the Washington Monument. I took another look at those frequencies. And now, instead of having two low frequencies, there were four stacked on top of each other. Um, then I also noticed that those vertical pulses about a second apart were still there. What I didn't notice until I looked at the video later was there was a frequency that was in the 5K range across the top. I was so determined to look at this 
that I forgot about this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, this is just a theory of mine. I don't have all the equipment to fully test it. Um, there are beats that um, music um, is played to different beats. If you have a metronome going back and forth, you can set it to one beat a second or whatnot. Um, the beats that are most pleasing in music are the ones between 60 and 72 beats. Um, so when I looked at the pulses intersecting with that 15K, I wondered since it was about a second apart, um, if that interference could be sent out. And so if people were hearing that, it might be a calming effect going on. So that was just a theory. I can't prove it, but it makes sense. Well, let me give you an example of how that technology is used and most people are already familiar with it. So if you uh, hop in just a, a regular, like a, a K car, a cheap car uh, that's uh, manufactured and you go down the road and you'll hear all kinds of wind noise and stuff around your car. And then you get into a Cadillac and you don't hear anything like it, it's. So what happens is it's, it's obviously maybe some better insulating materials and things like that, but what they actually, the car manufacturers actually do and airliners do this as well, is they actually emulate emanate a frequency that cancels out the frequencies from outside the cabin. So it's not necessarily taking down the volume of the wind noise because you can't change the volume of wind noise, but you cancel it out Yes, by putting a different frequency. So when you're saying this, it's almost like the, uh, the, the dark hats have an operation and the white hats, as you said, it makes sense to me as a theory are putting out some canceling things. Uh, so, you know, people aren't going nuts there. Yeah, and then I wonder why is there such an increase in the low frequencies, and where is that 15k coming from? I don't have my TV on. Um, I didn't see any radio towers around, but I wonder if the Washington Monument was acting as a radio tower. Hmm. Well, we do know that those uh, those wa the Washington monuments, those obelisks, are essentially they are power antennas, and spirits are essentially cycling, going up and down, drawing the power out. Uh, is one thing we've discussed. So that would create frequency uh, to start out with. Uh, but you know, the other thing is, and, and I'm just thinking out loud here. DC right now is also a ghost town. I don't know if you experienced that as well when you were there. Oh yeah, on the video, no people around, just a few cars. You would think it was a ghost town. Well, for Washington DC, so you know, I wonder if they started using these frequencies to drive people out. Mhm. Mm Could be. 
So there's uh, not as many eyes on the, uh, you know, the things that are going on there. Mm -hmm. you, would you consider that a white hat operation or black hat? I, I would consider, I'd, I'd say at all times, both are in play. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, sometimes the black hats initiate something and the white hats are going to counter it. Um, and then it's going to be the opposite. The, the white hats will initiate something and the black hats are going to counter it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would too. I would say, you know, both are at play. But Yeah. There's so many things happening right now. And uh, it really feels like we're in the final stretch of, uh, of this phase, you know, in everything we do. But um, so what happens next? Oh, oh, actually, before I get there, Ted, there's something else that you brought up and you sent me something and I did some research into it. And, you know, knowing the, sh the shape of a horn or a brass instrument, okay. uh, which essentially is, is a human amplifier. It's a human-powered amplifier, right? Um, you made a correlation to water towers that are in every single municipality and how they've changed shapes over yeah. the decades. Talk to us about that. Okay. Um, at the university, um, I started school there in 1976. So... There was an old water tower. And then sometime in the early 2000s, a new one came up. And it had a cylindrical base. And at the top, it spread out, went up, and had a flat top. So I'm going to work. I'm at this red light. I'm looking at uh, the water tower. And since I've been doing that research, I thought, that looks like a trumpet bell. And I said to myself, all it needs is a long range acoustical device to constantly send a signal to um, make the uh, column vibrate long enough to produce this low sound that goes up to the bell and then the flat top acts like a... Um, um, top of a drum, like the skin of a drum, and that sound would go straight up. And then I look to my left, and there's a, a cell tower that has an LRAD device. It's like a, a round circle drum device, and it's pointed directly at the water tower. I'm going, hmm, okay. If they need to use that, that sound going up can disrupt an engine in a plane and have it crash. That's how powerful it would be. It also could be used to receive from above down as well. Mm, never thought of that. Well, you're absolutely right. So yeah. there if you even in in uh in technical terms a uh a microphone is a speaker reversed mm -hmm. right it's yeah. a, it's the same sort of thing uh so something that could amplify a signal could definitely be a big catch basin to receive a signal as well 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think um, it was mostly used, I know like a lot of stuff that had gone up was used to create neutral ground and to really affect like the static electricity. So that like yeah. you know, if you've noticed or seen research from like the nineteen seventies to now, the static electricity that you know normally was around has been decreasing. And that's because they don't want us using any of that. Um, so I think that that was all part of neutralizing that natural static electricity. So that oh, I thought it was because we got rid of shag carpet. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice, Jeff, that went out too, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but just just, uh, just exploring this uh, water tower theory just a little bit more. Uh, so the the purpose of a water tower initially, uh, to the best of my research, is you know they have this elevated tank of water. Uh, they pump the water up to it, and then it essentially pressurizes the plumbing system and delivers the water to the homes. Right? It's just gravity gravity fed pressurization instead of a ton of pumps going around. So it makes sense. But what doesn't make sense to me, and there might be a good explanation. Uh, to me, it should just be the shape of a bucket, right? You know, a, a large bucket. But now they're they've all changed and gone into different shapes. And some of some of them are just the cylindrical shape, like almost like a UFO sort of thing, standing on on legs. Uh, some are more of the mushroom type shape, uh, you know, that have a thin base that go up to a big. Why not just put a big elevated bucket? There has to be another reason. Because magic doesn't work that way, Jeff. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> it's a Here's it's a form. I think it is. I think it's a fo a form of magic, and through that, you know, they're they're energizing water and connecting stuff to it as it's going through your pipes into your home, where it hits this this. Uh, cylinder units is your water heater. So that's mm. where it gets into the cylinder unit and mm. then can be directed and changed. And Jeff, we've been talking a little bit more about that cylinder shape. And mm. so all of those elements are there, whether it's through your pipes and then finally it's sitting in the water heater. You know, yeah. you're exactly Here's right. Jeff, you made me think of something else. Um, since my major was in um, playing the pipe organ as well, I learned about how the pipes are constructed. Let's say those low pipes or the pipes that produce those rumbles that you feel mm -hmm. in the cathedrals. If let's say a 32 foot pipe would have to be 32 feet high. Let's say you didn't have a ceiling um, that high. What you can do is bend the pipe to go into another direction. As long as it's 32 foot, you get the same sound. Here's what you just um, had me think about. So the water tower being a source of vibration um, 
continuing through the pipes. That vibration is going to go through the pipes. And over a long period of time, you might start to get a rumble in the earth. Um, so you got my mind thinking about that. Well, and look and look at the geometrical grid that they lay out uh, cities and things like that as well. And, you know, and, and so the pipes would be no different. But what's what's going to be really interesting, and I, and I want to get back to the magic part, Jesse, because that's totally what I was kind of going. These people are in charge of everything. They don't leave out details like this. Every town has a water tower. Why wouldn't they use that? Uh, they're so diabolical uh, in doing everything. And listen, we're made up of water, so of course they want to contaminate that. And there's lots of things with fluoride and everything else to talk about. But just one thing as an observation, um, it's interesting. And put it in the comments. Uh, if, take a, Go take a look and see how close your local cell tower is to the water tower in your town mm -hmm. and is it aimed at it yeah at least one look of the nodes for those cylindrical drum um apparatuses and see if it's pointing at the water tower yeah well the sources of throughout the generations i believe you know the primary change was like from the 50s to the 70s we see before that, that a lot of the towns, the cities, what, what did they have to do for their water source or draw? They had to find a spring and you would have them digging down to have wells that then would bring that water up. So in having to change the magnetic, you know, it has to do with the poles as well, because, you know, like when you're working energy, if you want that polarity to change, then you have to sh shift the direction of the way you're doing things. So that meant that then they had to create a way to pull water out of the air instead of up from the ground. Um, you know, so how do you, what do you use to connect, you know, that pull from the air and working, you know, air, we'll just say air, magic down this i think was part of the way that they did that yeah it just gets very fascinating and interesting study well and and so there's actually videos on youtube on how to collect water out of air and uh you know it's a bit of a process but it's it's nothing that anyone can't do but also we know uh with the tesla technology mm-hmm that's coming out <laughs> will uh uh how how was the distribution of electricity without the wires done for free well it's quite simple the electricity is pulled out of the air just like the water is pulled out of the air the electricity is pulled out of the air yeah. and uh and harnessed so it's it's incredible what the stuff that we're learning, and of course, we know about hydrogen technology. We've talked about that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, there's just something that, uh, you know, actually, maybe I should email this to you, Jesse. Um, just give me a second here. Yes. Um, 
Oh, okay. Just give me a second. Talk for a second. I'm going to copy and uh, <laughs> and paste into some larger font something I want to read. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think definitely, Ted, you should come back on and we can get into deeper segmented conversations and begin to like, you know, break down the details behind some of this stuff. But um, I think that, you know, it definitely is all connected to the overall voice of God project. And we see, you know, this, them making changes, you know, to the physical earth in order to um, direct things in the way that they need it to go for this voice of God project. Well, and, and the other part is like, when you think of just the frequencies and things like that, Jesse, uh, it gives you a sense of instability. It gives you lack of concentration, what is the purpose of doing that? It's so we do not communicate properly with God. They've been attacking every way that we have than trying to put a, a layer to block us from God, essentially. But yeah. the one thing that ties all this together, Jesse, I just sent you a link in your email. If you can open it up and read it. Uh, it's the mind control assassins that Ted had sent. And I really think it's worthwhile to tie all this stuff in together. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead and uh, start leading the conversation in that and what you feel. Oh, it doesn't actually give me the link. Oh, you should I click can't... on it. It should work. No? Nope, I can't click on it. All right. Well, give me a second. And uh, you could talk about hitting the like button and all that stuff while I, uh, <laughs> while I find that. Please remember to hit our like button. It's not quite the same as the big red button that we're trying. I'm trying to get Jeff to create, but, <laughs> but remember to like, share, and subscribe. And <clears throat> all right, I got it this time, Jesse. Ascent. All right. And don't forget to uh, go to right on radio.podbean.com for unfiltered content. Of course, things will only stay on uh, on YT platform for a very short period of time. However, we do have Odyssey as our backup channel, and you go to Odyssey. That's spelled O D Y S E E dot com. And if you want, you can go on to the app, which is L B R Y, short form for library. And uh, it really works great. Uh, I'm also going to be announcing we're on Rumble and some other things like that now too, including streaming live uh, yeah. and Twitch and a bunch of other pl platforms. So we're expanding, folks. That videos will not stay on YT unless they're ministry. Yeah. So I would agree. Yeah, I would say you know definitely. Um, you know, it's not just a theory that um, the creating of these assassins or children, you know, as I put it, they've created children as weapons who now are adults. And it was a threefold process, you know, where they would develop um, the skills that these children had that dealt around, you know, the light, or we'll just say light manipulation, sound manipulation, uh, both receiving and giving, and with that, the resonance manipulation. And so, um, you know, it starts with 
the looking glass and then you would graduate from those experiments to um, the Stargate projects. And from there you would get into the Voice of God project. And, and Alpha um, Omega. Yeah, Alpha Omega are some of the projects underneath that. Originally it was uh, called, those whole, probably from Stargate on, it was called Project Scenante was the original name for it. And then they changed it to the Stargate projects. But underneath there, you have, you know, the First Earth Battalion. You've got, um, what are some of the others? Project Gemini, Project Orion, Project Jedi. Um, all of those are going to be interconnected with, in, in between those two projects. Um, and I would say even some of these variant names that we're hearing, um, those just so happen to also be project names under Voice of God projects. So it, it's getting kind of interesting. Um, but with that, you know, they've created, you know, these individuals um, connected with the military who are able to um, basically act as assassins who, you know, I think, Ted, you put it together in a very well-said way earlier when when you said there's a way to defy space, time. None mm -hmm. of that is a factor. And, um, you know, have they taught individuals to do that? Yes, where there isn't a factor, you know, everything you're operating at a quantum level and you know, both the physical and the spiritual worlds are are at your disposal um, within, we'll just say there always is within that, the will of God. You cannot bypass that will mm -hmm. of God, you know. But so Jeff, what you... did you want to bring out about that, um, about... Uh, that article you sent. Well, just the fact that it's documented that they're doing it. And so uh, one of the things that stood out to me in this article that, uh, that Ted had sent is, so the U.S. has their own rules, for instance, that they cannot assassinate a foreign leader of a different country. Like, so if you want to stop the Russians or stop, you know, they're, they're not going to go after Putin. They have this kind of unwritten law, but how do they break their own rules? Mm. And that's by having mind-controlled assassins. Yeah. Right. And they love those technicalities. You know, <laughs> did I kill him? Did my hand wield the weapon? No, <laughs> not at all. You we know? Didn't, even give, <laughs> didn't even give the instruction. You know, just this right. person all of a sudden hears a voice in their head and they go and do it. Yeah, I've been very curious about some things, and maybe, Jesse, I can either talk to you personally or come back on the show. My dad was in the Army. I was born at Fort Polk, Louisiana. Fort Polk is the Delta Force kicking doors. Um, when the doctors gave me back to my mom, there was a small, I call it a transceiver that was uh, in, on my private area. 
and they told my mom just to make sure it was clean. Nobody told her what it was. I think that my dad knew what it was. Um, I can talk about that later. But when I was 45 years old, I had just watched the Manchurian Candidate movie with Denzel Washington. And in that movie, he finds one on his back and cuts it out. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, you know, I recognized what it was. But then I also find, found one behind both ears that was hermetically sealed. Um, so we can talk about that another time. Interesting. Well, but that's so... So there's one down in the groin area and then two behind the ears. Yes. And they're the same size, same shape. They're about the size of a grain of rice. They don't show up on an MRI or an X-ray, but I know they're there because <laughs> yeah. I can feel them. You know, like when I squeeze on my ear where it is, the cartilage is, is sore. If I squeeze around it, I can squeeze very hard and it doesn't hurt. It's just in that one area. So just, just think about this. You know, everyone, uh, if you're familiar with the, you know, in Star Trek, they have that little A logo that they had on their shirts. It's like the Chevron with the, uh, it's a really elongated pyramid. Now think of it on yourself, it's upside down and it's going from power areas, which are your groin mm -hmm. and covering all of, I, I hate to use the word, the chakras, because it's kind of new age, but there's some truth to it, right? There's different power centers in your body. That's why they, they brought out that uh, and goes up. So I wonder what the heck they were doing with you. Hmm. And that made me think of something recently, too, um, around the event that I shared with this attack uh, that happened that could have been like a kill switch kind of a thing that was turned on since it was down in my groin area. Now, now, you said specifically this happened to you when you were in Orlando, and it's been with you ever since? It happened October the 11th of 2020. This was a few months after my dad passed. He was um, in, in the Masons. Uh, he was above 33. Um, he was also a Shriner, Magnus, or whatever. And um, I forgot your question already. Um, oh, so uh, when that, when the initial event trigger event kind of happened in the connection to Orlando with that? Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. So at the time it happened, um, I was sensitive um, to it being possibly a spiritual attack. I've had many in our in our home since a child. And so, you know, I prayed and I asked, you know, God for protection. The next morning it was still there. And I asked God, why did you let them attack me? And 
He said, I'm not done with your testimony. Right? Not the words I wanted to hear. And then I said, why, why were these demons still in the house? And the Holy Spirit reminded me that my dad's Masonic Bible was still in the room where I slept. I then, I then asked God how many. I got the answer of three. I had never had that many attack at one time. It was usually those minions that you talk about, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, but these were there was something else. Um, the next morning we were transporting my mom from Asheville to live with my sister in Culpeper. The sensation was there, but not as strong. So, as we left Asheville, about an hour out of Asheville, it stopped completely and has never come back. Even the times that I've gone back and slept in the same room. Um, I so, didn't know that this testimony would turn into um, watching an interview that Jesse was on, you know, like six months after that, and then signing up for the anointing project. And then with my health, uh, since the attack, my lower extremities have been very weak, and about six months ago, it started affecting my tongue. So my doctors have prescribed a rollator to help me get around. And my mom said, why don't you go back to Asheville and get your dad's? And I thought, okay, I'll do that. As I was packing my car the next day, the Lord said to me, and while you're there, I want you to anoint the Biltmore. And I mean, I, I hear that clearly, clearly from God. And I thought, are you sure? You know, that's a big place. You sure you don't want to find someone more physically fit? <laughs> and, and then I said to myself, these demons have really pissed me off. I'm going. So when I got there, um, I was watching another show and learned that Jesse's birthday was coming up in two days. Um, so I made a big birthday card. Um, I got to the um, Biltmore. I anointed my head, the bottom of my shoes, my tires on my car, the wheels on my rollator. I came. And Lloyd said, I want you to anoint 17 pennies. So that night I soaked them real well, cleaned them up, and I anointed the pennies with oil. And so when I got on the property, I started tossing a few out the window. Uh, as I was waiting to go inside, I put one in the fish pond and then over by the house, these big flower pots that have trees on them. So I went over and put some in the dirt. When I got inside, I put one behind the big china cabinet, etc., etc. Um, and then um, when the tour came up in Orlando, 
I signed up for that, and that's how I met Jesse. And listening to her testimony, um, you know, she said somebody went and anointed the Biltmore. I raised my hand. I have to say that was the first day that I started using the rollator, so I had to get um, used to where the handicap entrances were and how to work that out. But since I've been back, I have gone to the Masonic Lodge that my dad was um, initiated in and anointed that land. I've gone down to where his family grew up and the church that has tombstones, very elaborate of Masons who have died, anointed the land on the church and the grave sites of my family. I went back to Asheville, anointed the church where I grew up in. So I've been very busy. Also, the doctor's offices that I've been in, I anoint the land where the hospitals are. If I'm waiting for the doctor, I anoint the seat that he's going to sit in. I just get real creative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some powerful testimonies coming forward from that. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. You know, it does well, happen. Yeah, I've had that once we, um, f for part of my chaplain training stint at the hospitals. Uh, we had to uh, join with a doctor like for six months. And so we did all of our visits together. And um, and so with that, it was really interesting. I was wor uh, working with the uh, transplant team and we had to go visit a gentleman who had a kidney transplant. And so the doctor and I like walked in and, you know, we went to shake his hand and stuff. And this guy was just, you know, from the get go, the moment he woke up, like he was proclaiming the Lord healed me. And, you know, he was one, he didn't have to go on the medications uh, because the body will fight the organ and stuff like that. So he actually, like the Lord literally completely healed him and gave him a brand new kidney. And so later after that visit, the doctor came in and he said, Hey, I want to talk to you about something weird that happened. He goes, you know, when we went to shake that guy's hand, he said, I felt like this energy. And I was like, well, yes, you did. I was like, let's talk about the power of God, <laughs> you know, because he didn't know what it was or why he had felt it, but he could like feel that power, you know, that energy zapping through his arm and stuff like that. So, one well, real quick testimony. Um, after I was baptized uh, at 12 years old, two weeks later, I was getting ready for church one Sunday. Um, I was just sitting on my bed after I got dressed, waiting on my sisters, you know, and I had my eyes closed and I was thinking about Jesus and my baptism and I still have my eyes closed. I sensed that Jesus was standing beside me on my left side and as my eyes were closed, I watched as he with his right hand touched my left shoulder and this energy started coming in, went over this way 
and about, and the room started getting brighter. That was my perception. At that point, I opened my eyes. I was like, what happened? You know, because in the church that I grew up in, they did not believe in uh, miracles for today, the Holy Spirit, this and that. It was uh, a church of Christ. So I had no reference to what just happened, except that when I got in the, it was very peaceful. You know, you talk about peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't worry about what I was going to eat, what I was going to say. It was just perfect peace. I got in the car, I sat in the back seat, and my sisters were looking at me like, are you okay? You know, because I didn't talk. I couldn't talk. We got to the church, and inside when the minister was reading from the word of God, if it was something that Jesus said, guess what? Woo, that feeling came over again. So I later, later learned what that was, but at the time, I had no words for it. Hmm. That's beautiful, actually. That's really beautiful. Yeah. There's just <laughs> listen, when God touches you, there's nothing else that there and there's really no words to describe it. You know, you can say this happened, that happened, but it's just it's something that God just touches you in a very personal way. And uh thank you for sharing that with us, Ted. Uh that's amazing. Yeah, we we definitely gotta have you back and I'd love to hear more of your testimony and uh and we'll go more into this uh, voice of God stuff, but we wanted to give some little bit more foundational stuff from a scientific point of view today. And uh, and I will be publishing on Telegram a lot of those patents if uh, our diggers want to look them up as well, uh, so people can see that you know we're that this is real, folks. They've patented every area around this because they have full intent of doing this, and the metaverse and all this stuff is all intentional. It's just an escalation. Uh, now, before we go, I should say that on Thursday, and Jesse, you, you're going to have to confirm this for me as we didn't talk about it before recording today. However, it is my understanding that Thursday, you need to catch the show in real time or as close to real time as possible because there's something happening that is going to be very time sensitive. Can you confirm that, Jesse? Um, not yet, but that's what we're hoping. So okay, so I should know within hopefully the next day or so. So, all right. So, regardless, plan to catch Thursday's show in real time. Uh, Thursday, seven o'clock, we come out with shows every Tuesday, every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And then again on Sunday at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, if you can this Thursday and look, we can't make a promise, but you may want to consider catching it as close to real time as possible. That includes people on Podbean as well. Um, so listen, Ted, we want to thank you for coming and thank you, Jesse, for a great show as usual. And remember, you've got to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on.
on radio. Well, great. Well, thank you. I think that was a that was a fun show. It says we're still live, Jeff. <laughs>